Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day is actually probably 15 different scents, and that is because it is Saturday. I have spent the whole day at a metaverse fragrance convention called Scent Explore. Truly a whole digital experience. It feels like you're like in the Javits Center if the Javits Center is online. Like you walk in and you're in this big convention center, and by walk in, I mean like click your mouse, and you can go to different booths, you can see different presentations, there's different chat rooms. It's been very cool, but I think the best part of all of it is that you get a goodie bag with samples of everything that is going to be presented. So as the different brand reps and the different perfumers are talking about their creations, you can smell along. With that said, they sent about 30 fragrances, so I will just highlight some of my favorites. And I got this package a few weeks ago, so I did talk about some of these fragrances already. I've talked about Algabra Bosphorus Pearl, which I think is a great alternative to something like Delina, Pure New York from Kirin NYC, but you guys already know I'm obsessed with Kirin and I have an entire episode dedicated to it. And then a few other standouts to me would be Milano Fragrance Naviglio, which I am not familiar with that line. It was the first time I had smelled it. What I really loved about this scent was if you are a Narrowly lover, this was an aquatic Narrowly. It's salty. It's fresh. It really feels like you are on the beach, but not in a sunscreen way, just in like a... I don't know. It just kind of felt like old money to me. And maybe that's just like the smell of narrowly because I've just known old rich people wearing like narrowly fragrances, but something about it just makes me think like Palm Beach in the best way possible. Another one I really enjoyed was from a house I'm also not familiar with called Plume Impression. And if it's French, then I guess it would be Plume Impression, but I am not sure. And the fragrance is called Cutal. And I love this fragrance. It is an ambery gourmand with this really ripe apricot note. And I know this is a very weird analogy, but I'm just just come with me on this journey. If you liked the original Sun Ripened Raspberry from Bath and Body Works, we are talking like the old raspberry scent that came in like those like woven baskets when Bath and Body Works positioned itself as like a cracker barrel country store of fragrance. I think you would like Cattell. Again, totally different notes, but to me, this smells like a grown-up, very sophisticated, very elevated version. This is not meant to be offensive to Plume Impression or to Bath and Body Works. I just, yeah, I just really liked it, and it was very reminiscent for me, even though I'd never smelled it before. I'll talk about one more I really enjoyed, though there were a few others, and that fragrance is Amouage Epic Woman. Oh my God, I freaking love this fragrance. This was honestly a surprise for me. I have tried a lot of the Amouage fragrances for women and I find that they either are like incredibly white floral feminine or gothic cathedral incense. And this one has that spicy quality that I feel is so signature to Amouage, but it's just intriguing. I, I really like a fragrance that it takes you a second to perceive it, where you have to smell it and consciously say like, whoa what am I smelling and how do I feel about this? You know, you smell certain things and they're easy to your nose. You know, it's a nice smell, but there's something about Epic that you're like, you have to process it. And then when you do, and I'm saying you, but I'm talking about myself, it's irresistible. It's a fresh, spicy, warm fragrance with a very dominant note of caraway seed, which is something that I really am not used to smelling in perfume. And then there's this beautiful 
rose note. I really smell the geranium in there and some gorgeous ouds and wood and patchouli notes and of course incense notes, which I feel like Amouage does so well. But it's just something that's very unconventional um, to the rest of my collection. And I, I don't know, it's really unique and I really enjoyed it. Okay, now my perfume juice of the day is just that I finally got to try Parfum de Mali Oriana, which is the new fragrance that comes in a hot pink bottle. I feel like it's gotten some good hype on the internet. Wanted to try it for myself. I looked at the notes. It didn't seem like it was anything revolutionary, but of course I was excited to try it. And I was in a department store. Oh my gosh, I am looking outside my window and there is a helicopter blowing pink smoke. And it seems intentional. What? Okay, sorry for that distraction. I guess it's very fitting for Oriana. Literally hot pink smoke is in the air. I am not making this up. It was a red helicopter. I have no idea what it's for. I hope somebody is like getting engaged or maybe getting divorced. I don't know. I would do that for a divorce. Just make a scene and blow some smoke, literally. Okay, anyway, here's what I need to say about Oriana. And by Oriana, I mean love don't be shy. That's what I have to say about it. It's a complete ripoff of Killian Love Don't Be Shy. I feel like they looked at what was in a similar competitive price point, what was doing well, and just recreated the shit out of it. Have you smelled both? Do you smell a difference? Like, I hate when companies who have such great perfumers and such access to great ingredients just recreate what's already been successful in such a specific way. I felt that way about... Bois 1920 Oro Rosso, it's literally verbatim, exactly Baccarat Rouge. There are so many houses that do this and it's just like, ugh, I don't know. It bothers me, especially because there are some Parfum de Mali fragrances that I absolutely adore. Looking at you, Meliora. Um, so yeah, Oriana, we've already met you before. I'm honored to call today's guest a new friend. We have the perfumer, Marissa Zappas, who has such an interesting background. She received her MA in anthropology, where her work explored the history of perfumery as it relates to attitudes towards death and cemetery construction, casual. And while she was completing her MA, she had the opportunity to be an apprentice to Olivier Guillotin of Givaudan. Olivier taught Marissa everything she needed to know about being a perfumer and she has this really interesting perspective of being an independent perfumer, but also being classically trained. Side note, you've heard me wax poetic about Flaming Creature, but I actually was wearing Annabelle's birthday cake last night, which was another fragrance she gave me. And I just like really hadn't spent enough time with it. And I loved it. And I'm so surprised that I do, not because of anything related to the quality of the fragrance, but the fragrance is called Birthday Cake. Based on that, I just assumed like, okay, maybe this will be a little more cakey or gourmandy than something that I would enjoy, even though I do love a gourmand. And my love of this fragrance speaks volumes about what I love about Marissa's work, which is that it is still somehow so complex. Yes, it's playful. Yes, it's gourmand. Yes, you smell a birthday cake, but it is incredibly complex and it has depth and it has top notes of heliotrope, lemon sugar, balloons with heart notes of candied rose petals, tuberose frosting, cake fresh out of the oven, and a base note that grounds it all of honeycomb, roasted tonka, and cocoa absolute. I 
I actually am wearing it right now. I said I wouldn't spray anything else on my skin after everything I went through this morning. But I just love this. I think what I'm getting most out of all the notes would be like a really beautiful deep tuberose with powdered sugar on top, grounded in a warm cocoa note. Weirdly, with the cocoa note in this, I feel like it's closer to something like Serge Luton's Santal school than it is to anything really sugary. If you crave a grown-up cakey fragrance and want something very playful but don't want to run the risk of someone asking if you are wearing Pink Sugar by Aqualina, definitely check out Annabelle's birthday cake. What's also cool about this fragrance is that it was a collab with the incredible astrologer Annabelle Gatt, and you will hear more about that in today's episode. Marissa and I discussed so much today. We talk about the sort of blatant misogyny and a little bit of hypocrisy surrounding the third category of gender neutral fragrances. We talk about the difference between being a perfume apprentice versus a perfumer. Marissa gives me a smell test. She talks about the inspirations for so many of her amazing scents, including Flaming Creature and Birthday Cake. Why the term niche doesn't really mean much anymore cringy fragrance marketing. And we just have a great conversation. I really think so highly of Marissa. I've included several of her scents in my holiday gift guide. Definitely check it out if you haven't. And if this episode really inspires you, Marissa creates bespoke fragrances. You can work with her to craft a custom fragrance nobody else has. Here is Marissa. Marissa, welcome to the perfume room. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited uh, to be talking to you. I am currently in your apartment, which is also your studio, and it is like an absolute dream. I couldn't help it, and I posted that sneak preview picture on my Instagram um, because I was so excited by all of your aromas, but... It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. I love having people over. So I always start the podcast with the following three questions. What are you currently wearing, if anything? Would you say you have a signature scent or however you feel about that statement? And do you have any fragrance controversial opinions? Mm. <laughs> okay, what I'm wearing right now is... Um, basically a mishmash of all the perfumes I've been working on this last week because I've essentially been living in this sweatshirt. Um, Lil Peep. <laughs> yeah, it has Lil Peep on it. Um, <laughs> and so I smell like Annabelle's birthday cake and whore and um, the sun card, which is a perfume I'm launching in a couple months. Oh, cool. I was going to say, I don't know the sun card. Is <laughs> yeah. that inspired by the tarot? Yes. Oh, we haven't talked about that, but I feel like that's another thing. Okay. Um, and then do you have a signature scent? Yes. I would say my signature scent is Shalimar, but I also don't really wear it that frequently anymore. Mm -hmm. But when I think of like my favorite perfume ever, it would definitely be Shalimar. And like if I were to go out on the town, <laughs> hypothetically, I would wear Shalimar. Over one of your own creations? So I would, but, um, and that's actually usually what I do. But if I were to, I guess my favorite perfume that I would wear, that's not one that I made would, would be Shalimar. Mm -hmm. Um, but I tend to wear what I make generally just to kind of promote it. Right. Like hoping that like someone will be like, what is that? And you're yeah. like, oh, it's this perfumer, uh, Marissa's Zappas, like check it out. And then they're like, wait, that's you. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. Okay, so Shalimar would be this. Is that what the fragrance that got you into it? Was that like your gateway drug? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say it probably wasn't my gateway drug into perfumery was um, Baby Doll by YSL. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that one. Yeah. I loved that so much. Yeah. That one really just kind of took my breath away. And I think it was because I was like 12 years old and I was wandering through Macy's with my mom and I played with Barbies like sort of um till very old age Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um I had just stopped and um you know the old age of 12 I had just stopped (laughs) (laughs) sorry um I had just stopped and I was really sad about it and I missed kind of how they smelled and when I smelled baby doll it just really had that sort of plasticky rose that's honestly not even like Barbies I don't really think Barbies smell that much but it reminded me of just dolls in general and um I loved dolls so yeah, Baby Doll really was just that perfume that I smelled that I just absolutely had to have and kind of took me to this place that I'd never been. And yeah, that was the first perfume I ever sort of saved my money up for and and bought. But Shalimar was the first perfume that I really sort of respected in this way. Like when I smelled it, it's sort of the way it would unfold really kind of just blew my mind. It was so beautiful and elegant and sophisticated. It didn't really even remind me of something that I'd already known. It was more, it more kind of inspired me to think futuristically um, Mm -hmm. in this way that I hadn't experienced before. So, but it is, it's such an old fashioned smell that um, there is something still really inspiring about it. When did you first try Shalimar? I was going to say baby doll and Shalimar are very different. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. So my great grandmother wore Shalimar. Um, so Mine did too. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you me? Am I? <laughs> I don't know. Was yours Jewish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she wore Shalimar. So I was like exposed to it, but I hadn't really like smelled it on my skin. And then, um, but yeah, I, I had experienced it from a young age. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, okay. And then the third question, do you have any controversial fragrance opinions I'm sure you have many I do (laughs) um let me think yeah I hate poison girl okay (laughs) I don't think I've smelled poison girl okay actually hate is a really strong word um I don't hate it I just am really attached to the original poison yeah and for me it's just so 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 far from from poison that it's like I just, I don't even know what it is for it's me. It's like not really a flanker. It's just no. like something else. It's yeah. just something else that I don't like. So um, I guess, but my most controversial probably opinion is that I feel like a lot of gender neutral perfumes just smell kind of vaguely woodsy. And then I think that they're just actually vaguely masculine. So I think a lot of gender neutral perfumes are in this strange way through like the process of eliminating notes that they have deemed to be feminine have actually like, I don't know. I feel like gender neutral perfumes are kind of misogynist because they just leave out all Mm -hmm. of the like rose and floral notes. I just, I don't, I'm not like a proponent of gendering of of gendering things in in general, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I think that there's something important about I don't know just approaching a perfume without ascribing gender to like certain notes. I fully agree. I feel like marketing wise, there that perfumes are like positioned in like three categories of like masculine, feminine, and gender neutral. And gender neutral is kind of its like own thing, which I feel like 
just means sandalwood these days. Yeah. Like to yeah. me, it's like gender neutral if that's how it's marketed. And it's not actually something that was made without gender in mind. And it was yeah. someone who specifically said, I'm going to create a gender neutral fragrance and market it as such. Yeah. I'm like, it's probably going to smell like sandalwood. Yeah. Probably like a little bit of bergamot, a little ambery. It's, you're so right. Like it, I think it's a bizarre thing that someone determined like flowers are fem, like yeah. oh, this, this thing that grows on a tree, that's for a woman. Right. And also, like, we have to remember that our our associations with smells are totally cultural. So like in the Middle East, men wear rose all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. OK, so you have a fascinating fragrance background. Um, I'm going to now reveal the recon that I've done on you and then you <laughs> can fact check me. But you you were you got a master's in anthropology. Right. And mm-hmm. then. Watch how creepy am I? Got a master's in anthropology, and then you wrote a paper or you did research on something related to perfume and death and cemeteries, right? Yes. Okay, which led, which I'm going to come back to, but that led to you becoming a perfumer at Givadon, mm-hmm. which then led to you becoming an independent perfumer. Yes. Well, I was never a perfumer at Jevedon. Okay. I was an apprentice at Jevedon. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I, don't, I would love to know what the difference is. What is yeah. the difference between an apprentice and a perfumer? So I was just in training when I was at Jevedon and I worked okay. for Olivier, um, okay. who's a master perfumer. And I didn't technically go to the Jevedon perfumery school in, okay. in France. I okay. basically left in order to, to go. You have to take a bunch of tests. And I was really invested in doing my own projects. I wouldn't be able to be doing any of the work that I'm doing now. Like if I had stayed, I would just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And to really do like niche perfume in, in a commercial company, you have to sort of be, you know, a very established perfumer. And the career of a perfumer is very, very long. So most of them are much older. And I just, it would have been, you know, like 30, 40 years, like you put in your time yeah. in that industry. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is the difference in terms of like the skills that you have between uh, as an apprentice versus mm-hmm. that, that a perfumer would learn? Yeah. Well, I also continued to teach myself after I left and I knew all of the accords. Um, I knew all of the raw materials. I had a pretty solid foundation, but obviously to construct a fragrance is something much more advanced. And I sort of spent the next couple years really working on formulation. And that's why I've really only started to release fragrances this last year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Because <laughs> um, I left in 2017. So. And so how did you, okay. So you started by being more interested in it, interested in fragrance from an anthropological point mm-hmm. of view. And how did you go from that to getting to Givaudan? So I was finishing up my last year of graduate school um, at the new school. And I, I, I went to college super late. I dropped out of high school and... Um, Oh, this is our first high school dropout. Very <laughs> exciting. Actually, no, you might be our second. Wow. Okay. If you drop out of high school, you can have a very successful career in perfume. That yeah. is what that's what we're learning <laughs> for everyone, all the youngins listening. Drop, yeah. drop out now. <laughs> I was finishing up my my graduate work at the new school um, and in in anthropology, and I was looking at the history of cemetery construction and how cemeteries moved from 
centers of cities to the outskirts um, and sort of what that, how that move symbolized also a shift in the way we think about death because... Just some light dinner combo. <laughs> just some light dinner combo, yeah. Because, you know, prior to that shift, um, people were just buried in their backyards and in churches. And I mean, there were just random, I mean, cemeteries. were So death was really a part of daily life in this way that we just can't even really conceptualize now. And plus it was, you know, this shift happened. I was looking at specifically like around the French Revolution um, when this happened and, you know, there were also just bodies in the street and stuff. So it was really like foul smelling. And it was this moment when, when cemeteries shifted to the outskirts that actually perfume came, as we know it today, came into existence. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So prior to, you know, the French Revolution, like, I mean, basically throughout history, people have been using essential oils and incense and whatever, since the beginning of time. But oil mixed with alcohol um, in a spray bottle, you know, came about during the French Revolution. You know, there was Marie Antoinette and the mm -hmm. Court of Versailles and the Scented Court and all of that. So they were obsessed with it and they used it to, you know, cover the the smells of the revolution. And, you know, eau de toilette was used to scent the sewer system. So eau de toilette actually has toilet origins. Yes. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because everyone's um, always just like, eau de toilette is a lower concentration, but I didn't know the origin story. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is now, for sure. My cat is... Um, Audrey has made water. an appearance and like, <laughs> I, it's, I'm really distracted because she's so cute and this is hard for me. You're so cute. Oh my <laughs> so Sorry. yeah, I just thought that that history was so interesting and I started to do research on just the fragrance industry today and learning about it. And I was like, I just, I don't know. So I, I found, um, I wanted to do as part of my research, like I took a job working at Jividon as like a temp receptionist. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would go to class at night and basically what happened was like right as I was about to graduate, um, I was applying to PhD programs and there was a spot to work in the lab for Olivier and Olivier so cool. and I had sort of had this like rapport. He was interested in in my research and we would just chat and stuff and he encouraged me to apply for it. And so um, I did. And he's super special, like a lot of perfumers. Um, it's very rare that uh, that perfumers today like want an assistant who's also an apprentice. Mm -hmm. Most perfumers just want assistants to do their work and they don't have time to train them or, or anything. But Olivier is kind of old school in this way. He's also older and he really like loves to, you know, share his knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really rare opportunity. And um, I just immediately in that moment was like, I'm going to do this and I want to be a perfumer. This is what I've always wanted to do. I think I just didn't really know how to go about it. But then mm -hmm. when the opportunity presented itself, it was like, okay, I'm obviously going to be, a, I'm going to do this. So, so what was, what was a day with Olivier? Like, what did it mean to be his assistant slash apprentice? <laughs> so I was, I don't even know what the word is, but I was just Bless really, you, Audrey. <laughs> my cat has allergies. Aww. Um, so I would get there super early because I was like really into everything that I was doing. And I would often get there at like 6 a.m. and turn the lights on. Wow. Um, and just spend two hours before I had to work blind smelling the raw materials. And then, you know, Olivier would get in. He would send me a formula and then I would, you know, compound it and bring him samples and 
Um, and then, you know, maybe in the afternoon he would give me a quiz. And then I, most of the day was spent just working for him. But as he was sending the formulas, I was always studying them and I was smelling everything before I was pouring. So it was pretty like immersive. And we were talking about before we started recording, what exactly is a quiz? And mm-hmm. I know we were talking about potentially like me smelling some yeah. raw ingredients and you quizzing me and seeing how it works. Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> okay. So this is a pretty this is a pretty easy one. Um, and this is just one of the many raw materials that I had to memorize. But I think you'll get this one. So oh my God, we'll if I start get it with wrong. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we'll just edit it out. <laughs> cinnamon yeah okay great thank god (laughs) yeah okay so what so yeah what is a smell test yeah so it's basically that like olivier would just dip a blotter in something and then give it to me and i would have to get it right um and there were hundreds so you were talking about how you learned all the accords you learned all the notes Mm -hmm. how many accords and notes are there that you had to memorize Honestly, I don't really even know. Like there are 50, there were 50 naturals that I had to memorize. Olivia actually never quizzed me on the synthetics, but I, I learned them. He quizzed me on some of them, but mm-hmm. um, the most important thing before you can really learn any of the synthetics or the chords or something is to learn the naturals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time learning the naturals. And also the naturals are basically fragrances in and of themselves like a lot of synthetics are just isolated parts so Mm -hmm. like rose oil has you know 32 different components and then you know geranial citronella like all these Mm -hmm. are in rose oil so you have to know rose oil before you can really learn the synthetics you know you can you can smell rose oil and hopefully once you once you know it be able to kind of pick out the different parts Mm -hmm. um because you know certain rose oils like some have more citronella all you know or mm-hmm. okay going back to you and I connected before we recorded this podcast realized we both not even believe but know know of the existence of aliens afterlife this that all the other <laughs> so when you were talking when you wrote or studied about perfume and death was it more was there anything I don't even know what to ask what necessarily to ask about it but I guess it's just something I'm very yeah well I think that the most common experiences that people have with ghosts are through smells Mm -hmm. so um there's that I think ghosts often you know show themselves through through scent I've had experiences like that where um and I think I talked about this in an earlier episode but my dad was a chain smoker and like Mm. I there was a time where like my mom and I were talking about him in my mom's house Mm -hmm. who does not smoke has not smoked in 40 years and all of a sudden the room filled with the smell of cigarette smoke. And it was just me and my mom home. And we were, and I was like, you smell this too, right? And yeah. she's like, I absolutely smell this. So it was nice to have someone who could validate it. Um, but I, I think it's a very interesting. Yeah. Or there's something about, isn't there some sort of like phantom smell? Like, do you ever just like smell, can you ever smell a fragrance in your head? People ask me that, but um, no. I mean, I can... I can, you know, vaguely know what something is going to smell like, but I can't like smell something in, in my head. Yeah. You know, like I can feel things in my head. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So what is, I'm looking right in front of me and I'm seeing Annabelle's birthday cake. So Annabelle and I actually launched this perfume earlier this year and we sold out two rounds. So And they were both sort of limited runs, but now we're making it a permanent 
um, fixture. Is that the right word on mm-hmm. my site? Um, cool. So yeah. So now we're like launching it for real, but flaming creature I launched last month with my friend Elizabeth Scott, mm-hmm. um, my best friend. And, um, she loves Jack Smith and I had never even really heard of Jack Smith, um, prior to doing this perfume, but we watched flaming creatures together. And I mean, if you haven't seen it, you should, it's a short, it's, it's not, um, I think it's like 30 minutes or 45 minutes or no, it's like 30 minutes maybe, but it's just so beautiful and fragrant and kind of Gothic and, um, gay and narcotic. And it's just all of these things that we just really felt would be perfect for a perfume. So Mm -hmm. That's sort of how that came about. And she did sort of all the writing for it. And, you know, she presented me with a bunch of notes that she wanted to be in it. And I just sort of did the formulation. So and then Annabelle's birthday cake is a collaboration with my very good friend, Annabelle Gatt. And we were actually born one day apart. Cool. <laughs> we're both Aries. <laughs> yeah. So um she she really just wanted a birthday cake perfume and at first I was kind of like I don't know like if I want to do a birthday cake perfume (laughs) um but then I was like you know what I'm just gonna like have fun with it because I really haven't smelled like an elevated birthday cake perfume I really wanted to make something that was very that was birthday cake but also really elegant and like wearable and not sort of sickeningly sweet Mm -hmm. what are the notes in, in this one yeah, the notes are candied rose petals, tuberose frosting. It has a it has sort of a lemon a lemon top note that's almost like lemon cream or like um mm. like lemon head candies or something. Um but the base is very musky. It's like very very sort of clean musk and it has like a sort of a dusted cocoa note. It's, it's fun. really fun. I love that one. <laughs> it's okay, really when you fun. say tuberose frosting, so mm-hmm. is that that would be considered an accord, right? Because it's not yeah. too so how do you make an accord like tuberose frosting? What's the process? Yeah, so I don't generally make accords like separate from the perfumes. Like mm-hmm. I I like to sort of put the notes in all together. Mm-hmm. Um because they work all together. So I don't know. I mean perfumers all work differently. Um but you know, when I was thinking of like a tuberose frosting, I was thinking of obviously like a very creamy, very sort of sugary sweet tuberose mm-hmm. smell. Yeah, because tuberose can go very candy or it can go sort of earthy. And mm-hmm. I love the like candy-ish tuberose. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. In the most recent episode of Perfume Room that comes out tomorrow, but if you're listening, this was a few weeks ago, Wax Poetic about Flaming Creature. Um, mm. It was my scent of the day. <laughs> oh. And I always like to start off by talking about what I'm wearing. And I just like could not stop spraying it. I honestly love it so much. And um, yeah, I would love if you would talk about the notes in Flaming Creature because yeah. people have heard me talk about it. But why not hear Marissa talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I, I really love Flaming Creature too. It's part of why I like to collaborate with friends is that they always push me in directions that... I wouldn't go if I were just making a perfume myself Mm -hmm. and with flaming creature. Yeah, it is just this, I wouldn't say it's like a, an intense incense smell, but it definitely has sort of a sparkling incense and the heart is Jasmine. There's just no way around it. It's just Jasmine. I I love the Jasmine. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Yeah. And then it has for me, the main sort of signature of the smell is a wormwood note. Can I smell the raw ingredient wormwood? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's pretty wild. Okay. Live first smell. 
Oh my goodness. You'll know if I'm talking out of my ass here. But something about this reminds me of like a minty woody galbanum. Yes. Yeah. Is yeah. that right? It is minty. It is woodsy. It has sort of this green component, but it's also for me all pretty medicinal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's super woodsy. I mean, there's just literally one drop in there, but it's so powerful. It's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy smell. It's not really used like that much in fine fragrance, but I really was determined to use it because for me, it's so kind of like witchy. Um, it's so witchy. It's so, so, so witchy. And Flaming Creature <laughs> is such a witchy. Like, I didn't even yeah. think about that, but like people always are like, what's a good witchy perfume? And I'm always like, if you want to be a witch, anything you wear is witchy. But like yeah. Flaming Creature <laughs> is witchy, honestly. Yeah. And the dry down is pretty leathery, which I like. It has mm-hmm. a really kind of like sultry dry down. It's very sexy. I absolutely adore it. I also want to talk about, okay, so is that part of Redomance? No. Right when I left Jividon, Redomance was what I wanted to do. I wanted to build this collection of perfumes um, where each fragrance was an olfactive portrait of an overlooked woman from history. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of, and I really wanted to develop it as like a brand, but I'm not like a business person. Um I'm more of like a create, I'm a creative person. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so it was really hard for me. Yeah. And I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing my creative work. I was really just focused on kind of building the brand and I didn't even really know how to build a brand. So it was tricky, but essentially what I learned from that experience was that I, I just, you know, what's important to me is, is my creative work. And mm-hmm. so so after that, I started collaborating more with other people. Um, and I did launch one Redmond's perfume, but I had two that I hadn't launched. And so Redmond's for me has sort of been this project that has just taken me a while. Um, okay. But I'm going to relaunch it as a full collection of three perfumes in February. Very cool. Thank you. Hello. I am so sorry to interrupt your listening, but I would be remiss not to talk about my holiday guide. Do you know that I have spent hours putting together a comprehensive Google Doc with fragrances and fragrance-related gifts and non-fragrance gifts that I'm just digging? You can sort the entire doc by price, personality type, fragrance note, or category. So whatever you're looking for and whomever you're looking for, the gift you want is in there. The price is listed on everything. They are all linked. And if I have a discount code, I have included it in the link. I've even starred which ones are small businesses and or minority owned and or female owned. And if Google Docs overwhelm you and you'd prefer to see it visually, you can view it via Shop My Shelf. That one doesn't include everything on the Google Doc, but it includes a lot. I don't get paid at all for this podcast, and so affiliate commissions is one of the small ways that I can pay myself. If there was an affiliate link, I did include that link. So if you do want to get anything from the guide, please click the link on the guide. And then you are supporting me. Also, a lot of the things I included don't have affiliate links. This was completely independently curated. I just included an affiliate link if there was one that existed. Check it out. Share it with your friends. Share it with someone who is buying you a gift. And if you have any questions whatsoever about the guide, feel free to DM me. Let's get back to the episode. You were telling me too, you have a background in dance and you were a ballerina for many years. Mm-hmm. What is the smell you associate with ballet? Mm. Well, did I show you Imperial La Divina last time? And you were like, it smells like a ballet slipper. Yes. <laughs> did, is that what you think it reminds you of as well? It does for me, definitely, just because it's like... Can we smell it live on the 
podcast yeah, yeah, and yeah, talk yeah. about it? Yeah, this is ballet. It's kind of like a bready, sparkling rose with Or like forest. a little pixie or something. Like, I pick, like a little forest yeah. nymph or like a ballerina. <laughs> yeah. It kind of smells like Tinkerbell. Like, it just, it's so like floaty. Indeed. What are the notes in this one? The notes are actually, so yeah, rose, orris, poplar bud, and amber. The base is definitely kind of a sheer amber. Bergamot. I honestly haven't looked at this formula for like a few months. Yeah. What is your strongest um, scent memory from your childhood? Probably my father, who was Greek. He lived in this house where he planted a bunch of fig trees. And so when I was little, he would kind of like, he would like put me on his shoulders and we would like go and pick figs. Um, so just wow, the smell I just, of I fig trees. I was like, trees. my dad was a chain smoker. And you're like, when I was little, <laughs> I'd pick figs off the trees with my father. <laughs> Such different childhoods. That's so nice. Yeah. And you grew up in California. I did. Okay. Yeah. But not in that house. My parents got a divorce and things got. <laughs> Let's talk about things that. Things weren't so dreamy <laughs> What's the after smell that? of your parents' divorce? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The smell of my parents' divorce was like gasoline. Whew. Okay. I got time if you got stories. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to go there. Um, I'm also the child of divorced parents. So I know what it's like to like go from one house to the other. And yeah. did your mom's house have a smell? I feel like I associate like the smell of rice and beans. Uh, she would cook rice and beans a lot. Yeah, rice and beans. And like hot dogs. Rice, beans, and hot, hot dogs and figs. I mean, that, yeah. would that be a future fragrance? It could be, yeah, like a smoky fig perfume. With some notes of hot dog, Hebrew <laughs> yeah. National. With ketchup. Mm. Yeah, definitely we had Hebrew National hot dogs, yeah. What's the weirdest, and I mean, I know that that's putting like a judgment on it, but just like universally, mm-hmm. like what is a note that you work with that I, that people would probably think is odd, like in the realm of ketchup? I don't know. You mean like a like a repulsive note, like civet or something? Yeah, or anything that's just like like unconventional, but actually can be used to make something that smells great. Um. Also, do you have civet? Because I would love to smell what that note smells like. I do. Sorry, I'm yeah. so annoying. <laughs> no, no, no. I've never actually smelled that note, and I feel like it comes up a lot. Okay. I get it. It smells kind of like horse manure is that am I would you agree or like Um, I think of like walking through Central Park and like you accidentally like almost step in like horse shit from horse and buggies and then like that's what civet smells like to my untrained nose yeah it's definitely very fecal yeah Uh, for me it's also really sweaty that's kind Mm -hmm. of like it's defining it's just like sweaty have you used it in any of your fragrances I have is it in um flaming creature it's not <laughs> thank god okay <laughs> but there's some there's some oud in there if it wasn't flaming creature then i would say uh, amazing job because it smells so <laughs> fucking good so what is a typical day for you hmm well honestly my schedule i'm i can be like pretty moody so my schedule is like depending on what kind of mood i'm in mm-hmm. um freelance life freelance life yeah and so i mean but normally i i t do you know tm transcendental meditation uh yeah i mean i don't like i don't know her personally but <laughs> <laughs> um well I know what it is yeah i've never done it though yeah so usually i mean i i always do that um twice a day in the morning and then at night and i usually do some type of like exercise in the morning like yoga or something 
And then basically I don't really start working until usually like 10 or 11 or something. Mm -hmm. But it completely depends. Like some days I'm, you know, at my lab just compounding. And then other days I'm just more kind of sending out emails and communicating with clients and stuff. And usually, I mean, every day there's some packaging and going to the post office and, and that as well. So really depends on my mood. What's the process of compounding? Like, how do you pick which mod you end up going with? Well, it depends. If it's a perfume that I'm just doing myself, then I'll smell it and make adjustments and then make a new mod. But if it's a fragrance for a client, then I'll generally like send them a couple samples or a few samples or they'll come over and we'll smell through together and, you know, they'll sort of pick the direction they like best and give me feedback and then I'll work from there. So you do like custom one-off fragrances yes yes I have a, a custom bespoke fragrance option on my site so I cool. have yeah do you have to be New York City based no 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 are you guys listening to this do you hear this opportunity that's unfolding <laughs> before you you must make a custom fragrance I mean or just buy any of the fragrances but have you ever smelled your fragrance on someone I have wait tell me the story what's that like when has it happened so the perfume that I've smelled the most on other people is Queen Nzinga, just because I launched that um, sort of the longest time mm -hmm. ago. Um, it's also a really strong perfume. So it has been worn sort of amongst like my friend group. So I will smell it on one of my friends or something. And Elizabeth wears Queen Nzinga all the time. So I smell it on her too. I mean, I guess for the last couple of years, I haven't really been out. So I haven't really yeah, we like just kind smelled of perfume on yeah. people as much. Um, I remember during quarantine, I would make videos and people were always asking like, what's your biggest compliment getter? And I'm like, to who? Like my, my mom, <laughs> like nobody smells me anymore. Yeah. 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 It's a wild time. And with COVID and everything, COVID's impacted a lot of people's smells. And yeah. I think a lot of people actually started to pay attention to smell in a way that they hadn't during right. COVID precisely because of the threat of losing it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I actually had more business during COVID than literally ever before in my life. So I think people were really sort of hungry for more sensuous experiences. Yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that when people are cooped up at home, like fragrance provides a sort of an escape or yeah. maybe people like used to put on fragrance as like the final piece before they left their house to go out and present themselves to the world. And fragrance is such a form of identity. And to me, it makes total sense why it sort of had this like boom mm -hmm. while people were at home. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, is there anything else that you think is like a really big trend that's going on right now in the fragrance world? Mm. I do think that there's something about kind of independent, like artisanal products that mm -hmm. is, that are, you know, really popular right now. And, you know, they say that like niche has actually taken over the commercial market, but it's kind of a farce because it's like all of these niche brands are owned they're by, not they're not they're niche. Like owned by or yeah. Right. So it's like, what does that word even mean anymore? In my opinion, it doesn't really mean anything. So I don't know. I think what I'm really trying to do is, you know, it's like even if these smells are better than stereotypical commercial fragrances, like for me, 
what I love about perfume is sort of obviously the magic in the bottle, but also the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really passionate about, you know, Chaparelli and um, Lucien Lelong and like all these perfumes from the 20s and the 30s. I don't, I don't and the know 40s either of those fragrances. Robert Piguet, yeah. yeah. So, well, they're, they're brands. Okay. Um, and they did these really beautiful campaigns um, and fragrance wasn't so divorced from, you know, what was going on like socially politically at that point and I just feel like now it's like we get these advertisements that are like you know a naked person on a horse the same advertisement we talking about Burberry Hero <laughs> talking about like I'm pretty sure that's literally the ad for it's like Adam I mean Driver, it's literally like half man half horse yeah it's literally <laughs> the ad for also like you know romance and by right. Ralph Lauren it's like right. for everything and I mean it's just I feel like there used to be a lot of respect for the artistry that went into everything from like the advertisements to the bottle making, the glassware mm -hmm. to the, and now it's just people laugh at perfume ads. They're so horrible. Like mm -hmm. the, you can't take them seriously. And I think a lot of people also laugh at perfume. Is there one that you can think of that you just are like cringe? Yeah. I mean, to me, they're all kind of cringy. Yeah. And like someone who works in fragrance marketing could say to me like, yeah, well, can you do better? And my answer would be like, yeah, actually, I think I could. Yeah. So are you like, listening? Fragrance yeah. marketers, we're talking to you. Marketing isn't really like my passion, but it's also, it could just truly be done so much better. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any marketing for your fragrances? I don't really right now. I'm trying to kind of build it very slowly. I, I have been working on some advertisements with a friend. We've done one so far. And I guess for me and my brand, it's, it is a question of like budget right now, but mm -hmm. it's also kind of, I want it to really grow organically. And I do love the idea of perfume kind of being very like word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, it is this obviously like invisible silent thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of romantic to me. At the same time, I want my brand to actually like grow. Right. So. Um, Competing interests. Like yeah. you want to be niche, but like also money. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to support myself. Right. Um, so, but you know, I do think that good things take time and mm -hmm. I don't know, this last year was, has been really, really, really good for me. So. Are there any fragrance brands, whether it's the fragrances themselves or how they've marketed themselves um, that you really admire or think are, are doing it really well? Yeah. My favorite brand is probably Anique Goutal. Mm -hmm. um, I love, you know, I, I mean, I love a good old fashioned floral. Um, and I just also love like her solo floors. And I just love sort of the hyper feminine branding, like old branding, not mm -hmm the new branding yeah the bottles have changed yeah with like those little like pom-poms on them I don't know and the old bottles looked so darling I know that's the best way I would describe the old bottles I know like something you probably would find on your grandmother's vanity yeah type look yeah or my vanity I mean I used yeah. to collect them like they're so beautiful and unique and so I would say yeah like vintage Anique Goutal mm -hmm. <laughs> um Guerlain um always like I'm just a hardcore sort of Guerlain girl are there any good I I will not say the word guilty pleasure I mean I said it but not in that context because I don't believe there is such a thing with fragrance mm -hmm. but do you have any like celebrity fragrances or just like total like cheapies that you're just like this is a good fragrance yeah I love curious 
Um, Who doesn't? Classic. I, w- <laughs> I wore Curious for a long time. Feels like a good week to wear Curious. <laughs> um, okay. We have one final segment of the show, and that segment is called What's That Smell? Mm, what's that smell? It's rapid fire scent association. I'm going to say different things and you tell me the first thing comes <laughs> My to brain mind. is so slow today. <laughs> okay, it's called slow fire association. <laughs> <laughs> and you just just come to it okay. as it comes to Okay. And you can say a note. You can say a specific perfume. You can mm-hmm. say an emotion. Like everything's right. Okay. Marissa, are you ready to play What's That Smell? Yes. Okay. What is the smell of love? Roses. What is the smell of death? Dirt. What is the smell of happiness? My cat. What is the smell of your best friend? <laughs> your cat. <laughs> my cat. <laughs> yeah, my cat. Okay. <laughs> what is the smell of your teenage years? Um, Ralph Lauren Blue. Same. <laughs> what is the smell of your first love? Hugo Boss. What is the smell of embarrassment? Mm, dried orange peels. What is the smell? Now I'm just getting really random. What is the smell of Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> Fern. What is the smell of aliens? Ooh. Lime and aldehydes. Oh, is this a perfume we can look forward to in the future? Because that sounds so <laughs> fucking fun. What is the smell of your cat, Audrey? Mm, okay, so my cat sometimes smells like scrambled eggs. And wow. also like watermelon, like warm watermelon. I love her so much. <laughs> and the final question, what is the smell of Marissa? <laughs> I don't know. The smell of Marissa is literally the smell of my apartment. Which which, smells amazing. Which is my lab and a conglomerate of like everything that I'm working on. Beautiful. The smell of Marissa is like a mishmash of perfumes. Well, I have already given your fragrances a reigning endorsement. And I, I hope that everybody listening can just understand how special they are. If people are interested in getting samples, Mm -hmm. is that something they can do? Yeah, I have. um, I don't have samples of everything on my site, but I do have samples of Flaming Creature and I will have samples of Annabelle's birthday cake as well. Yeah, I mean, or Um, just dive in and, you know, guys, blind buy a bottle. You won't regret it. Where can people shop for your fragrances? At marissazappis.com. Which funny story. um, I thought it was a pause. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Muddy says a pause. Okay, go to marissazappas.com. And if people want to follow you, where should they it's do It's just that? at marissazappas on Instagram and Twitter. Great. But I'm not really a very good tweeter. Yeah, okay. So follow her on Instagram <laughs> and maybe not Twitter. Or do it on Twitter. I mean, you, you can know, follow if, me you're, on if you want the deep cuts, go yeah. to Twitter. It's been a joy having you on the pod. I love being in your apartment mm. and playing with your cat. And thank you. Thank you. Bye. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs>